Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This morning, I'm absolutely delighted to be able to introduce to you a young lady who's a part of our church, who has uh, allowed the Lord to turn her life completely around, and great, mighty, wonderful things have been done in her and through her. I'm not going to tell her story. She's coming to do that in just a few minutes. But uh, I want you to know how much we love Liv, and we appreciate everything that God is doing in her life. She was in the hospital in Jacksonville, and on July 17th, she sent me this text message. She said, I know I have the entirety of all nations behind me. It's like having an army of angels sent by God to support me. I love y'all so much, and I'm so thankful God brought me to all nations. So y'all are such a blessing, and God continues to bless me each day in healing me to come home to you all. Let me introduce to you today, Olivia Nikas. She's got a great testimony. Would you just show her how much we love her as she comes? Hey. Thank y'all. I'm home. That's one thing that I can say as soon as I enter through these doors today, guys. Um, you know, as you walk in every day, you hear everybody say, welcome home, welcome to all nations. And it really feels like home. It feels like I'm home. Um, it took a month and like two weeks for me to recover. And I will say it was a lot. Like I was doing my notes and my mom looked over at me and she asked, she's like, you've been typing a lot. Like how many pages of notes do you have? And I said, I have eight. And she's like, Olivia, you know service ends like after an hour or so, right? It's like, yeah, we'll get through it. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about every little nitty-gritty detail, but I do have a nice, amazing message just for you guys. Pastor asked me, whenever he came to visit with me, he asked if I would be willing to do a Sunday with you guys, and I was just overwhelmed with joy whenever he asked me to do that because I was just going to talk to Selena about a Wednesday night. But to be able to stand in front of all of you guys and share my testimony, I think it's an amazing thing for you guys to be able to hear. And not only did it affect my life, but I think it could be a beautiful message for everybody's lives, too. So the title of my message is Situational. God places us all in every unique, different situations. Mine just happens to be, you know, 1 in 20,000 people get GVS a year. So if you could look to the next slide. What GVS is, it's called a Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's a rare disorder in which your body's immune system attacks your nerves. It creates weakness and tingling in your hands and feet, which are usually the first symptoms. These sensations can quickly spread, eventually paralyzing your entire body. So in my case, on July 1st, my hands and feet started feeling really weird. They started tingling, and the only way I could explain it is whenever you run your hands under cold water, or under hot water, and your hands are already feeling a little cold, that shock it felt, that was what it felt like all the time. So the next day, the second, was Saturday. We went to the ER, my dad and I did, and we did a CT and an MRI, and 
everything came back normal. And I just couldn't understand like what was going on because I know my body, I know something was wrong, right? Well, July 5th, the 4th of July, of course, was whenever our students went on uh, the trip. I was here on Sunday. I like fought through it. I could barely walk into service on Sunday. And I was just bound and determined that like God would not bless you with the situation and then take it away from me because I didn't decide until my Montana missions trip that I was going to go or that I would like to go on the students' trip. And I was just convinced he wouldn't take that away from me. But, I mean, as always, God reminds me, just slow down. It's, got, it's my plan, not yours. So, Monday was the 4th. They left. I did not go with them, of course. Tuesday, I went back to TOC, and then they sent me back over to TMH. And before I knew it, I was being life-flighted out to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Surprisingly, throughout this entire experience, I was super calm. I mean, you can ask my parents. I was joking around with like my nurses, just having a great old time, because I knew whatever was going on now was something that God couldn't handle. Right? I knew God would just take care of it in His own time, no matter if it would take three months, if it would take a year, if it would take a day. If they just had to give me a little pill, a little picking up, I don't know. They would get it done, though. God would get it done. Well. By the time I was being life lighted, I was in so much pain, it was completely miserable for me. And not to mention, as soon as I got off the life flights from Jacksonville, um, they sent me right into an MRI. And this MRI took an hour. I cried through the entire thing, and if you know me, first of all, I don't like crying in front of people, and second of all, um, I have a really high pain tolerance, so I was just so frustrated. Like, I was sitting there listening, you know, the MRIs are really loud, I would just listen to that beating sound. And it was like, I'm beating at God's door, like, could you just get me out of here, please, just let me get, go home, there's no reason for me to be here. I had a previous back injury too, so it made it extra painful for me. And so I already been to Wilson's, I'd been to Nemours, I'm familiar with Jacksonville. I just was ready to go home. There is no way that God would just let something repeat itself. Well, this is whenever God decided to teach me my first lesson. If you go to the next slide. I went back to my room after my MRI in complete agony. I kept asking God, I just would assume the most popular question he receives is why? Why me? Why now? Why this much pain? Why again? But he had to remind me that faith is just not situational. I heard him say to me while I was just looking at the ceiling tiles on the gurney going to my room, I kept asking him, you know, why is this going on? Like, I know you don't want me to suffer. And he kind of said something and it kind of took me back. I was like, well, that's not very encouraging, God. And he told me, he said, some people die from cancer. Some people die from heart attacks. Some have career-ending injuries. Accidents and unfortunate events can occur sometimes, but things don't always pan out the way we think it should, and it doesn't seem fair. But he also told me, I do not wish suffering on my children forever, but it is how you handle your suffering and your reaction to your situation that I am after. Now, if you go to the next slide. Right after I had this whole conversation, I got up to my room, 
and I was just trying to settle down a little bit, and my grandmother sent me a text message with this verse. This verse, sorry. My, half of my face still doesn't work, but <laughs> we're getting good. Um, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now, of course, this talks about living for God and the sufferings you might endure as a believer as you go on in the chapter. Now, I think we forget as Christians we can still suffer. We think we commit our lives to Christ, and it's just all fine and dandy. And you know, like, oh, the devil can't touch us. Um, yes, he can. He kind of comes after us. That's what fighting for Christ is all about. That's what choosing Christ over the sin, over following what the devil is whispering in your ear. That's what it's all about. So we think, we think that whenever God is protecting us, that, he, that suffering just won't ever occur in our lives. But the difference is... Whenever suffering occurs, you have somebody standing behind you that's greater than it all. God stands behind us through our sufferings, and you have to be able to look past what pain and what agony you're in, whatever situation God puts you in. You need to be able to look past it and to place your faith in Him. Because He is greater than everything you've ever gone through. He knows where you are today, and He knows where you will be in the future. That verse still talks about that. It says... It says that we should rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So you should be able to stand where you are today and say, it's okay because God's got it in the future. Your faith to stand true right now so it can also prevail in the future whenever God heals you. You can still be giving him glory. Now, God's faith to us is never situational. So why should our faith be situational to him? He sets the perfect precedent for us to where he shows us faith. He puts his faith in us. He puts his guidance in us. And he gives us constant grace and mercy. And he's never forsaken us, although we constantly can turn our backs to him whenever we think the devil is getting the best of us and that God just can't get us through the situation for whatever reason. This situation for whatever reason. Now, in that moment, it kind of gave me a little peace of mind. I didn't understand it fully, but I was like, okay, God, you know, I do need to trust you. And I slept soundly after a couple hours. Like, it was, it was three in the morning, but after having this argument with God, I went to sleep. So he gave me my peace that I asked for. Now, unfortunately, this wasn't the only time I was frustrated with God and questioned him, although I did stay positive through most of the situations. Uh, that was on Monday or something like that. Then I got there Tuesday, and then I started my treatments on Wednesday. So my treatment that I got is called a plasma exchange. So what they do is I had this gnarly little tube in my throat. It was not little, actually. It was kind of big. Um, and it like, goes through your vein, and it connects to your heart, and where the blood is being pumped out, you know, comes from your heart, of course. And so they put that tube in, and they hook you up like this machine, and you can talk. You're awake during the entire thing, and it flushes out your blood and replaces it with, like, new plasma. I don't know. I'm not a bio 
bio, bio whatever, that thing, <laughs> biologist, whoa. <laughs> Anyways, um, it just like flushes out the plasma and replaces it with new synthetic ones. So that was our first uh, plan of action, was to try what is called a plex treatment. Unfortunately, the plex treatment didn't work out for me so well. Whenever I started it, it was so painful for me. I, t I was in so much pain by the weekend. My sister came to visit me. My mom had left, and I didn't even remember this. I thought I was talking to my mom whenever I was doing my plan, and my mom had to remind me she wasn't there. I was talking to my sister. So <laughs> I was in so much pain. I can't really remember much. Don't really know what's going on necessarily. But I told my sister I just wanted to go home, but I didn't mean Tallahassee. I wanted God to take me home because I was in so much agony. Like, I just, again, in that situation I was in, the MRI, I didn't want to be on earth if I had to suffer this much. So I just wanted God to put me to complete peace, and I wanted to go home. Because we all know that heaven is so much better than what, uh, than what the earth has to offer for us. So later that week, he taught me my second lesson. You'll go to the next slide. Now, the second lesson he reminded me of is that his answer is never situational. So, let me explain. I told my sister that I just wanted to go home and I didn't want to suffer anymore, but I already had this conversation with God whenever I got here. His answer to me then was, I got this, just trust me and put your faith in me. Now, his answer did not change throughout this entire thing for me. His answer, whenever he declares something over your life, will never, ever change. I knew whenever I got on that gurney, whenever I was headed to Jacksonville, that all this would be healed. All will be done. I would come up on this platform. I would walk. I would stand. I wouldn't be waddling. I wouldn't have a wheelchair because this is what I love to do, guys. I love being able to stand in front of you and talk and spread the word of Jesus and just be able to worship him and be walking and celebrating and be a kid, run and jump and talk normally and all these different things. I knew it would be done, but just in some moments, the devil got the best of me and I just said to myself, what if God doesn't have it, even though he already declared that he's got it? I listened to a podcast later that week and it was Pastor Michael Todd. It was titled, I'm Still Here. That was his series. Now, if you go to this, uh, the next slide, the one verse that stood out to me in his series was James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. This stood out to me because what you need to do right now is be thankful for what God has put you through. You need to rejoice in what God has done and what will be done in your life. You need to be able to stay, you need to be able to realize that God is still working in your life. He doesn't just place you in a hard situation and leave you there. That's not what he does. He's a problem solver. He is the only answer. He is, he is your way out, and you have to remember that. So 
what it also continued to remind me is you need to be satisfied where God has you right now. You need to be able to say, here is holy. Because what ends up happening is some people just want to skip to the good part. You want to accept, like, all right, so this sucks. Cool. I should be healed the next day. That's not how God works. He taught me a lot of patience throughout this entire thing. And it just was so hard for me to realize that sometimes God puts your plans on hold and he'll put your life on hold because he's getting something new. He's planning something better in your future, but he needs you to wait and be patient while waiting. God's going to put whatever's going on in your life, no matter if you're getting ready to go back to school, if you just got a huge promotion in your job, if you just moved into a house, if you're starting a nice marriage, whatever is going on, he's going to put your life on hold and he needs you to be patient and wait for him because he's moving different things around in your life right now. He needs you to stay here because he's still moving things around in your future. He's still getting things ready so you can move forth and be successful in what you do. He just needs you to be patient and where you're at and say, here is holy. Now, no matter what you do in your life, you should be able to say, here is holy. Whatever your life looks like, whether you are laying in a hospital bed, whatever, if you cannot move your body, you should be able to say, here is holy. God is good. This is good, God. Whatever you want, God. Yes, Jesus. Thank you so much for just putting me on, on oxygen. Whatever is going on in your life. You just lost your job. Here is holy. If you, can't get your, if you can't have the motivation in the morning to wake up and get yourself dressed, here is holy, God's got it. If you're suffering with a mental illness, here is holy, God's got it. If you are suffering in any way, shape, or form, God's got it. Whatever's going on in your life, if you, any situation that you put under this, it could work. If you're living check to check, and you don't know what your next move is going to be. You don't know where your next meal is going to come from. You're suffering and you're, you're struggling to provide for your family. Here's holy. God's got it. Because he's not going to keep you in this situation forever. Whatever situation you're in right now, God doesn't leave you there. Here is holy. It is not permanent. It is blessed. It is designed for you to be here right now. And you're not going to be stuck there because God's always moving and changing. If you got up this morning, guys, I got a great message for you because God's still working in your life. God's still working in your life. God's still working in your life. And he's still stirring things up. You just need to be patient for him. You just need to wait. Now, as soon as I was satisfied, as soon as I was okay with being in the ICU, not being able to shower, now, if you know me, I get up every morning and I wash my hair every single day. I'm not one of those girls who can just do dry shampoo. That's not me. I, <laughs> I have a nice set routine, but God's going to disrupt that for you. And you need to be able to say, with my greasy hair and all, here is holy. <laughs> Laying in my hospital bed, <laughs> here is holy. <laughs> not being able to move, not being able to see outside my window. I know you guys heard that message from Pastor Steve where I sent my text message out. And I talked about how I couldn't see out a window from my room. So I never really knew what was going on outside um, my hospital bed. So I couldn't turn um, necessarily to see anything. You need to be able to say, no matter where you're at, I'm good. Now, as soon as I was okay with being where I was, God started to get me better. That's when I rested on the text message. Because that morning... I could turn all of a sudden, and I could see outside, and God blessed me with a beautiful sunrise. And if you also know me, I only do sunsets. I don't do sunrises. But 
You know, he gave me a beautiful sunrise. <laughs> he blessed me in so many different ways, and it was just a constant reminder that he's got it. He's still working, and we just need to be able to be patient and wait for him. Now, I always jump the gun. I really always do. I just got out of the ICU. I'm on my way to getting better. And of course, he reminds me, you're not all the way better, sweetheart. <laughs> We're just getting you started. We're getting you back on the path, so you need to stay focused on me. Now, of course, I decided, you know, I'm good, like, we're, we're going to start pushing ourselves. Well, I was headed down to the floor, like, a couple of days later, and after I just had finished, or I started my, diff, my second treatment type, I was done with the flex, and I started a thing called IVIH, and that's whenever things started going better for me. So I moved down to the floor out of the ICU, and my doctor came and did a test on my nerves, and I thought I was doing so much better. I was like, oh, I'm out of the ICU for the third time. I went back and forth. Um, but I was like, oh, I'm good now. I don't need to be worried about anything. Well, he did a nerve testing on me. And I think that was one of God's wake-up calls to me to say, I'm not done working yet, though. You still need to be patient with me. Because in the nerve testing, um, I had it in 2019 as well for my back pain. They just text, they test your nerve response. So whenever he did the test, it's really scary to see your neurologist, a professional in this field, look at his computer screen and make eye contact with a little girl sitting in her bed thinking she's doing great and see total blankness, like total fear. He didn't know what to do. And all he could tell my mom and I was, I'm not sure that you're not going to have permanent nerve damage. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> okay, God, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> that's not funny. So <laughs> I thought I was getting better, and then now I'm hearing this news. And my mom took it really rough. She kind of was taken back, of course. I think I was in shock, so I was like, I looked at him and I said, no, no, no. I'm going to be good. I'm going to walk out of this place. Yeah. We're good. We're going to keep going. So I don't know if Pastor shared this. I don't think he did. Um, the 25th was the mon uh, Monday, and that was about a week after we had just gotten that news. I sent Pastor a video. I walked out of the hospital. I didn't, I was wheeled down in a wheelchair, but through the doors, I walked out on my own two feet. I got up and God allowed me to walk right out of there because I knew, I knew from the day that I already said this, I knew from the day that I got in there that God was going to make it come full circle. I would still be walking and talking and grooving and breathing, you know? So I go to rehab and I get another reminder from God that he's still not done working. So if you go to the next slide, please. This is where I had to learn my third lesson. Now, I got out and I was into rehab, but I had to learn that following his plan is just not situational. You can't just choose to let God put you back on track and say, all right, I got it from here. You can, you can go sit on the sidelines. No, 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 no. 
All right, God's head coach, you're just a player, all right? <laughs> he can tell you what's going to go on, and he can, he can vent you again, all right? And he did. Um, he did twice. So <laughs> he vented me once by going to the hospital. He vented me again by reminding me that I may have permanent nerve damage if I don't get it together and keep listening to him. And then he continued to remind me that <laughs> it could happen. You know, he could put it on pause and just say, all right, I'm done. You want me to step back? We're done working. And it was whenever I got to rehab. I, I was making amazing progress the first three days of my rehab. I was pushing really hard, actually. Uh, I would get up every morning, and it felt like I would make three steps ahead of where they sh thought I would be the next morning. And I thought to myself, am I making such great strides? I'll be at this joint as soon as possible, guys. Like, I'm going to be done. We're going to be out. We're going to be all better. All right, I got it, God. Like, I'm going to keep going. Riding little tricycles around. My amazing physical therapist, DJ, um, he made me pull him around on a little tricycle. So while I was working out my legs, the most working out I've ever done in my life, if you know me, also. So... It was great. I thought I was doing amazing. I was like, I can pull a whole grail man behind me. We're gonna get out of here, right? So, in the middle of that, during my getting better, he reminded me, slow down. Because they told me if I pushed too hard, I needed to listen to my body and make sure I didn't push too far or get ahead of myself because it could worsen the situation. Let me run the back. If I pushed too hard, it could worsen the situation. And I thought to myself, I was like, we're getting so far. We're getting, I'm walking. I walked out of the hospital. I'm in rehab. I'm in the home stretch now. And you're telling me I could backpedal? It could get worse. They also told me I need to be sure I can't get sick because it's an autoimmune disorder. And it, it's not common, but I could get GBS again. If I get sick, I could be paralyzed. I could relive this entire situation, if not worse, all over again. But God said, slow down. Just be patient. He's always going to remind you that you need to follow his path at his pace. No matter how frustrating it is, whenever God declares something over your life, yes, it will come true, but you need to go through all the steps to get to his in-game plan for you. And I thought it was just so rude that God would just declare this healing over my life and then say, no, we're going to have to wait. But he reminds me, God declared over David that he would be king, but first he had to be a shepherd first. You got to stay where you're at. You got to say, here is holy. You got to go through the motions first and let time go on. And then God's going to bless you with the end game that he already declared over you and that you already know is true. God's going to get you where you need to be. I mean, God declares so many things, but we have to wait. That's what prophecy is. That's what all these teachings in the Bible are. He declared it then. He declares so many things in Revelations that have not come true yet, but we are still waiting for him to come. We're still waiting for Jesus to come back. We know it's going to happen, but I don't feel like anybody's pushing for Jesus to come back. Why are we pushing everything else in our lives to come back 
but Jesus. Why are we pushing everything else to speed up in our lives? Why are we pushing to grow up? Why are we pushing for our future to come? Why are we all declaring over our own lives that we're going to be rich and we're going to be famous and we're going to be this and we're going to be that? But we're not going to declare that Jesus is coming back and we're ready for him. We're not going to declare that he's the king of kings and he is all-knowing. Like he, He's coming back and we're ready for him. No, I don't hear anybody declaring that. I wasn't declaring that on my little tricycle. I was just declaring that I wanted to be done what I wanted to be done. But you need to be able to be patient in what God has for you. And say, here is holy. What you had declared then is still true now. And you're the God of possible. In your name, Jesus, everything is going to be okay. But in your time, it will be done. Not in my time. Now, after all these reminders to slow down, after I just finally became situated yet again at my rehab center, um, God reminded me that he can still speed things up. I was supposed to be there from the 25th to the 17th, the 25th of July, 17th of August. That's 23 days. I was at Rooks for nine days, and I'm home. I did not have to go through 23 days. I made progress so rapidly. I got to come home, and God got to say, it is done. You were patient. You listened to me. You get to go home, and you get to spread this message to everybody else, and you get to remind them that here is holy, that I'm not situational. Your faith should not be situational, and that what I had declared over you will not change it will never, ever change for what God has for you in the future. But you need to be patient and be willing to let God work and do his works and do good things for your life. I just want to say thank you, everybody who reached out to me. I think that's another reason that I was able to make it through. I constantly got text messages. My mom got texts. My dad texts and calls constantly. How's she doing? How are you doing? I, sending me Bible verses, sending me songs, and just being able to worship and visit me. The girls that came to visit me, thank you guys. Just everybody who made the trip out to do whatever they could to be able to say that we're behind you. I had an army of angels not only behind me and surrounding me, but wherever you guys were, I knew that I had people covering me from Tallahassee to Jacksonville to Gainesville all the way out in Texas to my friend Grace. I had so much support and I'm so thankful for you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, give him praise. God's done a great thing. Just an amazing miracle has happened in Liv's life. This disease doesn't resolve in this short of a time unless God steps in. I'm so glad God stepped in, aren't you? Liv, I have a question for you. How long ago was it when you really gave your life to God and started living for him? It was in February. I did February 13th, actually. I decided to entirely give my life to Christ because 
I stood up on this very podium and I did a Monday night service with you guys and I decided that God's the only way out. I suffered a lot throughout my 11th grade year, or, yeah, throughout my 11th grade year and I was back and forth and I knew it wasn't a time to be in the middle game. I knew that it was time to be with God and to trust in God fully. Amen. Lived 17 years old. She fully gave her life to God in February of this year. Amazing wisdom, insight that the Lord has revealed to her, to her. Many of us need to hear that. The wisdom she spoke this morning is deeper than many live. You need to lock into it, hear it, and let God do a work in your life. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.